0: And she doesn't. And then it too.
1: she like then she like steps on your face. Yeah. And like, you know. <laughs>
0: and then and then she'll stuff. be like nine. And then nigh, like nigh. lay on the bed on a pillow and then like demand that you cover her with a blanket.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I and
3: do that then
1: for you have Jonathan to- every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to fake snore. And then when she's least suspecting it, you have to go boo and scare, her. and she like laughs buy glass for like we, five we minutes. We do straight. that too,
0: <laughs> so
1: you're already prepared.
0: That's part of that's part of uh, JD's weird sleep
3: fetish foreplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you can't fall
1: asleep without it.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peekaboo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's exactly what you think. It's,
3: it's it's not and my and face that I'm uncovering. <laughs> and cue the music. <laughs>
4: Hey folks, welcome back to the Deck of Many Friends podcast. This is Sully, your DM, and last time on the Deck of Many Friends, the party had just escaped the maws of a dragon. Koshu was able to toss a uh, vial of poison down its throat, and the party escaped rapidly afterwards. Uh, they booked it on, in their auto magic cart out of the forest, picking up... Gardig, the wandering shopkeep uh, as they went and traversed the path from Indeleth south towards Balfaldir. They were able to grab a few things along the way before asking the final question of who the giggling little girl was to which they were told was the goddess of mischief and chaos. And then Gardig yeeted off the back of the cart. And that's where we left off. Let's tell a story.
1: Hey, all you many friends out there. It's Rin, and we are once again asking you to check us out on Instagram. Every like and especially comment not only fills us with spine-tingling feels, but also helps our fledgling of a podcast out immensely. If for some reason you have no soul and haven't followed us on the Insta yet, you could find us there at Deck of Many Friends. Keep behind-the-scenes insights, Previews of episode art and deep dives into lore and win some sweet sweet swag. Also, the more of you follow us there, the less Ken bothers me, so please save me. <sighs> okay, now back to the irresistible child-conceiving voice of everybody's favorite DM, Sully.
0: Tag what you do. Tag uh, No, 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 stop. I was just joking. <laughs> I'm not uh tag uh, <laughs> reaches down and swills another drink. <laughs> And the cart wobbles yeah. a bit more. Goshu, Koshu, take the wheel.
4: <laughs> I love <laughs> how he says Koshu's name in an accent now.
5: This is awesome. Goshu. Goshu. Goshu.
1: Goshu are you alright? Driving. I know technology scares you.
0: Wait, are you serious?
1: How yes, do you even actually. drive
0: this thing? Uh, do you
1: want me to sit up there?
0: Tag tag literally just leaves. He gets up <laughs> with his little bottle and climbs into the back while the cart's still in motion. And the because cart, she, like, panic grabs the... So, yeah. <laughs> so, so the cart
4: slowly comes to a halt as as Tag lets go and crawls into the back. Um, you can still kind of see Gardig in the background, sort of walking off uh, north down the path. And uh, Koshu, as you grab a hold of the, the lever, um, you feel the cart shake a bit as... You get used to like controlling it, and uh, it as you you think briefly of continuing forward and not crashing. It
5: speeds up a bit to about five miles an hour. Nice, he says as he thinks about going much faster. It speeds right, up ta- to about ten. <laughs> take, it, take
1: it easy, there, Tiger. <laughs>
5: Get ready! This hot rod's about to go. Oh, <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs>
5: uh, Ten miles an hour. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the so, trolley, boys. <laughs> so Stitcher Stitcher
1: turns to the group and is like, "If if that little girl is the goddess of chaos, aren't I the one who originally saved her? Oh, back in Restinu, because you you so you're
4: not you're not really yeah." Um, sure, you're up front, you're not really listening. You're kind of focusing on going forward. The rest, the the core of you in the back.
2: Do we know for sure it's the same girl or did we always just assume? Yeah.
1: All I know is on that night, a man who's dying asked me to save his daughter and I brought her to where I thought was safe and then she's the one we kept seeing this entire time. As I remember in the forest... I was like, I have to make sure she's still safe. Why is she here? I mean, it at least looks like her.
4: So, and and the rest of you have all gotten pretty good glimpses of her in passing. And it it is the spitting image of Layla. So,
2: What do I know of? I know I know a lot about Rudiok, but would I know enough to know if that god can make herself appear because she's a chaos god as she wishes to different people?
4: So, Ildra definitely has the ability to take any form she pleases. Uh, You do know that. But that's pretty much all you know. Uh, She was the last of all of the gods to come to Highfair. And no one knows much about her other than that she's involved in mischief and chaos.
2: I do know that she can take on any form she wants. so I'm not sure if she's Layla or if she is wanting us to believe she is. I guess I'm just
1: having a hard time pretending we're special enough to get the attention from so many gods at once, but maybe we are. I mean, we are carrying, right?
3: What is this even for? I don't know. Like, why... I guess there's, there's some semblance of a balance between Nerium and Markin, but... Why did they choose to attack? And then why are we returning the one who led the attack back to where she was to probably eventually just fuel another attack?
1: Right. It's cyclical, right? I don't understand it either. I'm not sure what we're doing is the right thing. I'm not convinced it's wrong either. But this entire time we've been taking orders from somebody else... Maybe we should make our own choices.
0: Well, on that poignant note, my first choice is going to be to take a nap.
1: Yeah, and, please take a nap. You're very cranky.
0: Uh, he takes his hat and tilts it down and kind of like lays back in some of the open space on the floor at the back. So you're able to kind of prop your feet up on some of uh, Figaro's packs
4: and everything and, and find yourself... A nice comfortable spot to, to lay and with the suspension as good as it is now that Koshu has kind of gotten used to, to driving this thing. It, it, it's like laying down on the floor with nothing, no no movement or anything. So, uh, Tech falls asleep almost immediately.
2: Bitsy's gonna go up to the front to sit with Koshu. Okay. I'll wait to start that conversation until <laughs> everybody else says what they're doing.
4: Revol. As this conversation is going on, um, when you're questioning the reason that you carry this burden of a god encased in stone, your friends, all now friends, all sort of suffering and being wrapped and tangled in the drama of the pantheon, where does the intellectual in you Place you guys as puppets, as influencers.
3: What is it to you? So Revolve's going to kind of Stitcher. You stayed in the in the back, right? It's just mm-hmm. basically it's me and you at this point because right. tags tag out. So he'll look over at Stitcher, and he's sort of talking out loud, but you know I've most of my life I followed orders I knew where I was going and when I gave orders I knew exactly why I was giving those orders there was always this cause behind the effect of what we were doing there was always a reason behind it but this reason uh, at first sounded so noble but it's become more and more cloudy with all the crazy things we've seen we almost lost Bitsy entirely to this mission of what a rivalry between two gods who just use us, use people here to attack cities and and do things. That there doesn't seem to be a reason behind this. I don't know what we're supposed to do.
1: I don't either. All I've learned in life before this, which is very domestic, people in power usually don't have anybody else's interest in mind other than the extension and continuation of their own power, right? So I'd agree that we should probably get rid of this idol one way or another because if not, we're all in danger. They're going to keep coming and keep coming after us. That's the only goal that serves us, is to get rid of it. Whether or not that's somebody else's goal, I'm sure it is many people's goals to get rid of it. I don't know what we should do. I don't, I don't think this path is... Is only has one fork we can keep going this way and it won't be too late to make a different decision when the time comes we can't just toss it in a ditch we know that would kill many people right so all we can do is keep moving until we find a better solution but you're right I'm not sure why is the sun better than the moon
4: Bitsy you've Crawled up to the front seat of the cart, Koshu, You notice as little Bitsy kind of makes her way up the 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 back of the the um the bed of the the wagon and sits next to you, facing forward. Do I need to roll
2: a dex? <laughs> 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 but with advantage, so don't worry. With <laughs> advantage, uh,
4: no, you're able to make your way up pretty easily. So, but Koshu... But he sits next to you.
5: Yeah, Koshi looks over at you and he's got these cataracts and just milky eyes. And he's he looks square right at you and, you know, broken mask showing all this, like, bone and teeth. You're okay.
2: I am. I wanted to try to offer you some clarity in the hopes that it might bring some comfort. Or at least a different perspective when it in regards to Ridioc and what happened. Okay. I need you to understand it wasn't you that she rejected. It was the God in you. And we can't we can't control those aspects of ourselves. It's not you that she wanted shunned or pushed away. But understand that she did have to protect herself and her people from the God that's within you because she understands that regardless of your intentions or the purity of you, you can't defeat the God within you. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah,
5: that tracks. That that makes sense. I, um... And he looks back at you after paying attention to the road a little bit and kind of trying to think of a response. And he... He says, um, for the first time in my life or whatever this is, I find myself willing to burn the world down to save my friends. And so if your God disapproves of me or the God in me, that was entirely out of my control, by the way, I, I frankly don't care. Your God can fall in a well and die in a fire for all I'm carrying right now. So long as you're alive, Bitsy, that's the important part. You are obviously and easily far and away the best thing, the most good that I've experienced in my life. And I think it's important that that remains for as long as I can hold on to it.
2: Bitsy like looks away so you can't see her crying it's just, like-
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think we both do right like we both kind of snap forward and look away <laughs> uh, just to try and hide our reactions though Koshu's are mostly behind a mask his eyes are pretty expressive um,
2: she's just gonna uh, which, uh, please tell me it's your skeleton hand that's between us
4: well, it um, technically is Yes. This is right hand. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: She's going to grab and hold your skeleton hand? No. <laughs> he'll, he'll
5: squeeze it back. Um our methods I I have to be Do you know how we got you back? I don't think I can bear the secret that I might have any longer. And I'm scared of your response.
2: Nothing you can say at this point could make me not trust you. I feel like I've seen pretty much the worst that's within you, but I've seen you overcome it. Unlike a god, I can understand that the good in you is still worth more than the parts you can't control. So tell me.
5: These were my choices. The barrier your family set between you and life Was interrogation of the very people you chose not to attack. One in particular named Corin Bloodglow. You have not seen the worst of me yet because you were dead when you would have witnessed it. But I did things in that room that I was trained, taught and am for all intents an artist at in order to bring you back. But as I've grown to know you, I know that you are unwavering in your beliefs. And so I am scared to tell you to the extent at which I sought the information they required to bring you back. But an interrogation would be a kindness to describe what I've done.
2: She's digesting.
4: So, Stitcher and Raval, you, you kind of hear bits and pieces of what Bitsy and Koshu are talking about. And Raval, it reminds you briefly of the conversation you had with Corin about whether or not a god could die. And you remember the response of Ridiak to Koshu and Bitsy touching her and the response of the denizens of Indoleth as they came out of their stupor and or happiness or... Bliss. Bliss. Quote, quote. And it makes you wonder who the gods really are at this point. Is it really these all-powerful creatures, or is it the ones shaping the world right now? Tag, during all this conversation... He's totally asleep, I know. Um, Just snoozing away. Although I, I imagine the... Tag may be snoozing...
1: Monks on snoozing surface, is, yes. Monk snoozing is different than normal. People
4: He's do. snoozing on the
0: surface. Yeah, I don't uh, know if you guys know this or not, but monks only shut down half of their brains so they can surface for air, just like dolphins, <laughs> <laughs> baby
4: belugas, yeah, baby whales. Nice. Uh, you've got your hat tipped over your head, and uh, you know you you've you've propped your legs up on the packs and everything, but you're conscious enough to hear both of these conversations go on. How does Tag feel about it?
0: I don't think that he would have a insane reaction to either of them because these are how they individually feel. Um, especially the uh, conversation with uh, Koshu and Bitsy, but with the front, like he experienced the same thing. He was there, you know, and he has his own interpretation of those events and what that means and what that means about the people that. Um, the people that Bitsy come from because of what they had them do just to save her. You know? And so he's he's kind of like, I've he's formed his own opinions and everybody else, their opinions on it is their own.
4: Got it. Koshu, ahead of you, you notice uh, crossing the uh, road is a small pack of wolves. They pay you no mind, really. The mother... Uh, guiding her pups across the road sort of turns to and bears a tooth just to say to keep your distance but they continue across the road slowly and she grabs the scruff of the last uh, kind of straggling pup and and tosses it into the forest um, across the road and You see, as the cart passes, her glowing eyes flare a bit, and you hear the slight howl, and she turns and continues off into the forest. And then you continue on. What's everybody else doing?
1: Stitcher has been dying to ask Raval about her book because she respects his vast and varied knowledge, and has not had a chance to talk to him yet in a non-emergency situation.
4: And you guys are moving slowly down the path with no end in sight. So
1: so she, which she probably wouldn't do for anybody else but Koshu, she takes out her book and starts to unwrap it, and she says, I know you won't do anything irrational. What can you tell me about this? Uh, Please don't read it.
3: Yeah, Very, um carefully revolve sort of reaches out for the book and studies it just almost passively kind of paranoid about triggering something he wouldn't he wouldn't want to trigger so he's studying it passively do I notice anything weird about the cover or the or the um maybe the markings on the cover or anything like that
4: there doesn't seem to be any um distinguishing markings or anything although the the cover itself is very uh, different than most books that you've seen it's got a very pale leather binding so um, without opening it there's not really much you can see it's just an odd cover
1: Stitcher is finally going to feel brave enough to make a medical check on the book. Because she has a working theory that it might be made of people. And she would like to know for sure, because she'd probably know.
4: Go ahead and medicine check for me.
1: Oh, shit! <laughs> Dirty 20.
4: Nice! It was nice. 14, 14
1: plus 6, so...
4: <laughs> Hell yeah. It has the semblance of human skin though you can tell there's some sort of pallidness to it that that doesn't recognize you doesn't remind you of human skin so although humanoid you're pretty sure it's not human
1: and she'll mention this to Raval I was convinced it was pig skin when I first picked it up and then I thought I've seen enough dead people's skin before but I don't know what it is, and that's almost scarier. I don't know who would know about this book, but it's a tool that I'm not afraid to use for good, but I don't know the consequences of using it. I'm not sure what I did with Koshu or Bitsy is right. He was just right at the time.
3: I've heard myths and stories. When I was a soldier, we would, you know, sit around camp and share weird stories and I do remember hearing tales of things that used human skin as they would a cow, like cow's leather that that there was this whole other world that none of us were keen on and we, they were always just myths but I, I do wonder if there's truth to them I don't know I've, I've never studied this I've never been one to be religious so I don't know if this does have something to do with with the gods or something, I am afraid that you you've inadvertently become a puppet to this god that helped us that helped us with Bitsy early for a moment and then struggled with Riddyak for Bitsy's soul and and did all this and did and did what he did to Koshu. I don't know about this book, but I will find out where this book is from.
1: Just And she like grabs his hands and the book and she's like, help me make the right choice without the influence of the gods. And she puts it back in her pack.
3: Well, kind of just makes eye contact and gives her a nod. And
4: you continue on down the path. You find yourself somewhat of a decline as you're coming down off the top of a hill and off to the distance you see snow-capped sandy mountains. Um, sandy-colored mountains. This is more of a brown than a, the, the grayish stone than that you're used to. So snow sort of just kind of drifting on top of it, not so much as it peaks, but in, in um, blankets. And at the top you can kind of see as Right before you begin, begin your decline, a small object moving over the mountains and then beyond it. Too large to be a bird at this distance. And then it fades out of view. And you come to a crossroads. The mountains in front of you, the forest to the left, and a... Canyon to your right that leads off to the southwest. What do you guys do, Kosher? You're in the driver's seat at this point, so it's all on you where the where the cart goes.
5: Yeah, I think he spins around and tries to see, revolve as best he can, um, and he's looking for Tag, but Tag's, you know, prone, right? <laughs> so. Uh just because he knows Tang has travelled the world over again. Um and so he's just like any opinions?
1: Is there a signpost?
5: Not that you can
4: see. You can roll your perception to see if you see anything else other than the, the, the splitting of the road.
1: Um twelve?
4: On the ground you, you notice uh, a few less um hoof tracks to the right, then to the left. Uh, more cart tracks than hoof, if that makes any sense. And the right uh, was? The right is towards the canyon. Uh, the mountain's directly in front of you. You can't go forward anymore. And there's hoof tracks, more hoof
3: tracks to the left.
2: Okay. I say we go the path that looks like it's been traveled more.
3: Well- were we were we given a map or something to get to Balfeldir? From- mm. Nope.
1: If I remember correctly, the emissary, whatever that douches name was, was just like, follow the traveled road or some bullshit. It's the,
3: like, the, roads,
1: yeah, hit the roads, Yeah, the roads will lead you there or whatever. Some <laughs> stupid
2: <laughs> bad <following>. advice. <laughs> if we follow the traveled road, that would be to the left. Right.
1: I mean, we can wake the
3: up.
2: the
5: canyon, right? <laughs> no, the canyon's to the right.
1: Canyon's not traveled We can wake Tag if you want to but I'm not Poking the bear I feel like if we go
2: into the canyon we're also Going to reach a dead end
5: Yes Somebody's Somebody's surely built some path Across
0: how, Either- how long has it been So far Since you fell asleep Yeah uh, A few hours like
4: a good four hours or so Okay and the sun at this point is
5: set it.
1: Either way, if we had the way more traveled, we're sure to run into a town and they can give us directions there.
5: Yes, but if that town is a Ritiok city, it's going to be a problem.
1: Bitsy's the expert. Are there any Ritiok
2: towns? There wouldn't be. They would all be an in Indaleth, right? I don't think didn't, that's a problem we have to worry about.
3: Didn't, isn't Holly? bum and ball fell deer he should know the way
1: right I guess we could call him someone's just gonna have to pretend to be the first ranger while he's <sighs> sleeping
3: just wake him up I'll uh I'll put my shoulder I mean I'll put my hand down on Tag's shoulder and give him a gentle shake tack burn the crabs but keep the kelp what the <laughs> <laughs> what's why are we stopped we're trying to figure out which direction to go do you know which direction to go to Balfaldir, or can you contact Tali Bumussel to figure out where we should go?
0: Uh, Tag kind of like slowly gets up like an old man and kind of like stretches a little bit, and he, he looks out around uh, the surrounding area. Um, and just just for clarification to make this right, he sees the canyon off, off onto the right, and yes. then... There's you also said there were mountains straight yeah, ahead, just, yeah, straight ahead of you. to the straight ahead, and they're more brown mm-hmm. than what we're used to, yes, um he he looks around for a minute a little bit confused uh, and looks up at the the fork in the road and he says we we haven't turned or anything they voted from course at all,
3: no, no,
0: and he just stretches. Uh, We want to go to Balfour Dira, right? Yes. Then we we take the left path.
5: Okay. And then Koshu wills the cart to go left. And the cart turns left.
4: And to the sides of you, you see the mountain sort of shift back to a... To be sort of curtained by a layer of trees that... um, not quite an entire forest but there's definitely trees that wrap around the, the mountain itself and the forest gets thicker and thicker as you move forward and there seems to be forests on both sides of you at this point you are heading east and towards or, or away from the setting sun And the path continues on. Forest and plains ahead of you only.
2: Hmm. Okay. So to wrap up the conversation happening with Koshi and Bitsy, now that they're kind of back on on track, and now that Bitsy is digested, she's just going to look at him and say, I know you have powers, but as long as your motives are good and you're not taking advantage of somebody else for them, which it sounds like in this instant your motive was good. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let you continued on. I'm assuming somebody from the clan was watching as you were doing this. They wouldn't have let you continue on had they thought it went against Ridiak's wishes, which tells me your motives were good.
5: Okay, I will take that.
2: And also, she would have brought me back to life whether you guys had... uh, gotten information out of him or not that was them using an emotional play on you guys
5: this like kind of rocks kosher a little bit
2: just to remove some of that guilt you're feeling Hmm. change the perspective of it as you will and maybe I'm naive in believing it but it doesn't make sense that my people would depend on strangers on making the decision whether or not to bring me back I think it's more likely they saw an opportunity to use y'all's motivation to their benefit. And it was a kill two birds with one stone situation.
4: Wait, Bitsy kills birds?
3: (laughs) Gotta eat. Kills two. um... Stones with one bird. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Fuck those stones. Fuck those stones.
4: They don't have any life in them. Just stones.
2: They have feelings.
5: So he looks straight ahead and he says... "Betsy, I understand you meant to make me feel better by telling me that, but you just told me I tortured a man for no reason.
2: Not for no reason. You got information out of it that was needed, did you not?
5: We also got no information.
2: But you learned about this different kind of elf. And you learned about their power. That's useful for us.
5: I learned that he can slip through bars and cages, and slip cuffs, despite immense damage.
2: And you learned that your usual tactics were not enough.
5: That is true. I actually wonder, because of the progress that I did not get for the first time ever, and the progress that Tag did get, I think we chose the wrong tack. I believe that the torture was probably the wrong choice and that I think the, I think that the most dangerous weapon in that interrogation was kindness. You should have seen the way he recoiled from a kind touch of brushing hair out of his face. It was almost sad.
2: Can you see how, in that way, though it feels like manipulation, Ridiak and her people set you up to learn a lesson that is going to benefit us as we encounter these people inevitably again, that you wouldn't have learned had you not been in that situation? She knew what you guys needed to know more than what she needed.
5: You're... St- you're suggesting she is teaching me a lesson.
2: That's my thought.
5: Like a really complicated, dramatic lesson.
2: <laughs> it would seem so. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time.
5: Fuck these gods.
2: <laughs> but it benefits. So why does it matter? Now we know the next time we face them, what doesn't work. And we have an idea of what might work.
5: I'll tell you this. I'm not going to run up and give anybody a hug next time seven of them come flying out of the forest ready to kill us. But I do We also know
2: killing them doesn't benefit us either, though.
5: Yeah. I mean, I might take a leg so that they can't chase us. But none of them are going to give me a hug. I'm not, I'm not going to show kindness to these people. Um, at least not while they're going for your throat. Um, besides, I'm incapable of interrogating somebody the way Tag did. So, maybe i just stay out of the room next time. You should have seen it. This man was unfazed. It's just, it's horrifying.
2: She looks back at Tag kind of confused because so far she's really only seen a drunk.
5: No, 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 not Tag. (laughs) Corn blood glow. His reaction to the torture was nothing. In fact, it was joy. He reveled in it. I'm scared that if I explain exactly what happened, it will be worse than what you're imagining. But it was bad. And for him to beg for more shook even me. I've tortured. I've lost count.
2: You need to let go of that. We got what we needed to out of it, and now we move forward.
5: It's just haunting that these people can take that amount of suffering and revel in it. That's the sort of people that we're dealing with. That's all I mean. So as
4: this happens and this conversation goes on, off to the right, you see the mountain pass seem to window a bit and over it that same image or vision of, of a large entity comes in view and starts to pass over you flying from the south north across the path hundreds of feet above you and what you see and tag, now that you're awake and kind of laying back and eyes up, you see the keel of a ship heading away from you and passing over and across the forest to your left, and then go out of view. What do you guys do?
1: She's uh, Stitcher's gonna like be excited, be like, "That's what we need, right? That's that's one of the things we're looking for."
3: Where's it going?
1: Your guess is as good as mine
3: Well we saw one heading that direction And another one heading this They, they headed in opposite directions right? Correct
2: Maybe one was going um, and one was coming
3: Wait are we going the right way?
2: Tag yeah.
3: Tag
0: <laughs> Hello <laughs>
1: Are we going the right way?
0: Um Which way is the sun? Behind, behind you? us? And it's it's setting right now right? Accurate Correct yeah, so we're totally not going the right way. <laughs> I've <sighs> <sighs> just never seen it, though, over here. I kind of wanted to take a look. We, we, it's like 15 minutes. Just turn back around. It's not like we're having to actually walk.
2: How Jesus, about you call, well, call our connection and confirm?
0: How do I know where we are exactly? Just
1: tell, tell me. we came him? to a crossroads going south-west out of Indolith.
0: Which crossroads,
4: though?
1: A crossroads. On the only road going southwest out of Indaleth.
0: Yeah, so we need to keep heading west. But can you? Tag buzz our really doesn't want to talk to Tolly.
3: Fuck man. <laughs> yes. yes, we are currently heading east. It sounds like we need to head west, so let's just turn around and get going. I need to rest, so Revol will kind of like lay down where Tag was laying down and uh just Tag frustrated. Move, so you guys are cuddling <laughs> oh so I, well he got up and he stretched and stuff yeah stretched, stretched and whatnot I let him s-
0: snuggle into my little nest of, ta- of, of gnome gear <laughs>
3: okay.
0: alright uh so Raval goes to sleep Tag
4: you wake up and Koshu is uh driving the wrong direction
2: I'm gonna um, take that and move to the back so Tag can move to the front and help.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Tag will go up uh, and hit shotgun. Uh, have we have we turned around to head west yet? I'm assuming Koshu's intent changes the second uh, that we realize we're going direction. Yeah. <laughs> it okay. wasn't that far out. I thought there might be, you know, something cool to see out here or something. Not for a while. <laughs> it uh, is it uh, is beautiful out here. I'm used you, to navigating on water. This whole land thing fucks me up. I get turned around with the, the landmarks. So I'm used you, to stars, not mountains.
5: <laughs> hmm.
4: uh, the the cart does you know, a three-point turn back to the left. Safely. And, <laughs> safely.
3: <laughs>
4: there's plenty of room to move, and there's nobody else on the road, as far as you can tell. So um, you turn back around and head back, and continue down the path and see the crossroads again um, in the to the north east of you or yeah northeast of you as as you come back to that crossroads uh, and head towards the canyon have a good and sleep you...
1: Stitcher's yeah Stitcher's gonna ask Koshu do you need to rest
5: I don't physically need to sleep lately
1: right but do you need to Pray to whatever you, it is you do when you sit down.
5: Um, I wouldn't mind spending time with this katana.
2: Alright. Why don't you do meditation. That? Is there room for me to go to sleep?
4: There's always room for Bitsy to go to sleep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bitsy
4: just
0: climbs into a, a cupboard drawer and just falls asleep. Right. Just that backseat pocket. <laughs> that's what she's
2: gonna do. Yeah. And that's her episode art. <laughs>
5: um, yeah, I think uh, I think Koshi will ask Tag to grab the wheel and or the lever, <laughs> and then uh, he'll climb in the back and settle the katana across his lap while he puts the his palms down flat on it, and he'll close his eyes and begin to attune to it, and he does. Ooh, and.
4: Tag, do you see ahead of you? Stitcher are are you resting? I'm going at this up place? there. I'm are heading you, up
1: there where Koshu was.
4: Okay, so you you sit next to Tag.
1: Reluctantly.
4: And you you both see as the mountain pass on both sides of you, though brief. Uh, the stark difference between the two mountains. Uh, the brown on the left and the gray on the right and you see large uh, I guess poles sticking out of the the outcroppings on the left uh you would actually recognize these as large versions of the thing you found in the forest hanging in the um hanging in the, in, in the tree branches uh, that were snapped off. Uh, their, the, the
0: antenna thing?
4: The thing that Taylor knows is an antenna. <laughs> the <laughs> thing that Tag
0: was slapping people with. Yes,
4: yes. and the thing that uh, Bitsy was using as a magic wand to cast flowers on things. Uh, so antennas sticking out of, of the outcroppings to the left, and the path seems to curve once you get past the the point of the canyon and open back up and veer around uh, back towards the south uh, as you continue on. Is anybody doing anything?
0: You guys are going to have a conversation during this period? I don't know.
1: I don't know that uh, Tag cares to talk to Stitcher.
0: So Tag's actually just going to randomly mention, he's like, this is a good sign pointing to the the little poles off on on the road and the uh, the fact that uh, the path is turned south. Because I, I think though those flying boats, they must use this or or maybe the people in Balfardir Theater set these up for some purpose. Either way, it means that we're going the right direction.
1: Right. It's it's almost magical, right? It'd be a pretty moment if your mouth wasn't messing it up all the time.
0: Well, for, for it to have to be a pretty moment, you'd have to be a lot prettier.
1: And she just crosses her arms and looks the other way. <laughs> and, and
0: Tags. Tag totally has just, like, this shit-eating grin on his face the whole time. <laughs> oh, they're totally gonna bang. That's what have to happen.
1: She, she rolls her eyes harder.
0: And he just dives between her breasts. <laughs> uh,
1: no, uh,
0: that's a joke.
4: Uh, and you continue on down the path, <laughs> and the... the, the the path curves a bit, and that as you get closer, the cart seems to speed up a bit the closer that you get and the farther down
0: this path that you go. Uh, question um, It's kind of, The trees have kind of thinned out a bit the further we've gone, right? Uh,
4: yes, yeah, there's almost no trees left.
0: Okay, um, so Tag will steer the cart uh even though we're heading south he'll he'll turn it to the right to uh kinda position the nose uh to the west and he'll kinda kick his feet up on the the you know wagon's dashboard.
4: <laughs> there
0: isn't one. But uh. <laughs> yeah, and, and pull it to a stop. The kinda, front rail. Yeah. And kinda uh cross his arms um and lean back into the seat and have everything be stopped. Uh so they can watch the sun setting over the mountains Aww. and it does
4: gradually as as you've stopped and the sun slowly dips Stitcher kind of looking over you quizzically as, as you have done this and the sun drops and fades away in the flare of the last bit of light Seems to escape over the edge of the mountain, and that's where we're going to end today's episode.
1: Nice, Let's have done. have a pretty moment.
4: You're welcome, Sully. Thank you.